It's time for today's episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast with your host, elderly internet scam victim and America's college recruiting guru, Dan Tudor. Coach, I don't know if you've heard the news, but this generation, the ones that you're recruiting, are officially killing the top sheet. That's right, I'm talking about the top sheet on your bed that we all grew up sleeping with. Well, this generation isn't like our generations. They are killing the top sheet. They are sleeping without the top sheet. Their preference is just use a comforter, just use a blanket. I don't want the extra layer or the extra sheet on top of me. And that's kind of the theme of what I want to talk to you about because so much about that trend that is making the news, and you can just Google it, losing the top sheet, getting rid of the top sheet, this generation doing it, it's all over the news. But the fact that this generation is doing that is, I think, a sign, it's emblematic of the theme that I want to talk to you about, which is this. If you want to be a successful recruiter with this generation, you need to follow the rule that less is more. I'll say it again. Remember the idea that less is more. Uh, Some coaches actually take the opposite approach, we find, in the way that they recruit student-athletes. They would say that more is better. And again, that's a generational thing. My generation, and I graduated from college in 1989, so late 80s. And, And back then, more stuff, more information, more that was included in whatever it is that we were doing was proof that it was better. Bigger was better. Well, this generation, more is not better. Bigger isn't necessarily better. They've completely flipped it around. So, for instance, um, in my generation that grew up talking on the phone and we really had to communicate face-to-face or by the by phone with the people in our lives, Longer conversations, a more in-depth conversation that lasted a long time, that was a good thing. That was proof that we were important to that person or proof that the, uh, the, the relationship was deep, that there was something to it, that we were spending time and proving that that other person was important because of the amount of time we spent in person with them or on the phone with them. Well, not so with this generation. Uh, you know, the other thing is that that uh, messaging or the the letter that we wrote or the the text that we produced, the more beautiful, the more elaborate, the bigger the words. It was proof that we were smarter, that we were um, accomplished, that we should be trusted, and uh, you know that that sort of again it was growing up how how at least I learned in high school how to write, which is you want to learn the big words, you want to put together a very structured presentation, you wanted to it to sound impressive. Not so with this generation. Uh, the last thing that that comes to mind is that in my generation and many of your generations. More information was better. The more information we got, the more information, whether it was visiting a campus and going on their tour and we got more information, well, that's the sign that that college was uh, was better. Uh, more information uh, in the things that we read, the things that we watched on TV, 
Um, everything was longer. News stories were longer. People took the time to read uh, uh, you know, pre-internet newspapers, magazines, and it really went in-depth. And now, not so much. So more information is not necessarily better, especially at the start. Um, so again, it goes back to this idea that we're really discovering and all the research and the work that we do with coaches and their programs around the country when they're clients and we get to be involved deeply in how they create messaging. What we're finding is that less is more. We continually, for the, the plans that we produce for them and the strategies that we outline, we continually find ourselves scaling things back, making things shorter, more direct. Why? Because it gets the best results. And you know, for those of you that are, are familiar with what we do, uh, if we don't get results similar to a coach, we get fired. And so because we don't like getting fired, I've, we have to adjust our game plan and our strategy to what works. And what we're finding, Coach, is that less is more. Um, so, so in some general rules to follow, what we find under that uh, under that banner of what we see working well uh, with the idea that less is more. Well, first of all, this generation wants more direct and upfront contact. In other words, they like a message that says what it's supposed to say. It says it, and then it gets out of out of the way. Whereas, again, with my generation. Um, we would have wanted a main thought and then two or three or four supporting points that sort of went in depth and talked about the same thing three or four different ways. It's changed. It's changed drastically. Uh, this generation wants to keep it very simple, very to the point. Anything that they get from a college, it needs to be simple and to the point. And I'll, I'll dive off here with a quick tangent. The reason more and more students Incoming college student uh, prospects, whether or not they're an athlete, but it certainly includes athletes, don't often use the college's website any longer to find information or to to get a feel for if that if that's the right school for them. Why is that? Because if you go to your college's website, coach, and you should look at how it's presented. It is a throwback from the mid '90s, probably with a lot of text a lot of information, beautifully worded, and it doesn't match what this generation wants, which is quick information presented simply, directly, and to the point. We did an in-depth analysis for a client on the materials that their admissions department was sending out to their prospective students. And the students that we had that were high school students go through that information and analyze it would have completely rearranged the way that it was the way that it was done. For example, um, the the college spent a lot of money and a lot of effort in picking a marketing company or a designer that had stunningly beautiful photos of some of their seniors, their graduates. Um, it was beautifully done, glossy pages, heavy stock paper, everything that in again, the late 80s, early 90s, would have screamed, this is a quality place and uh, you should pay attention to it. And you know what the reaction was that we got from the students that was our that were our test group and our focus group for this project? What they said was, who are, are, are these the professors in these pictures? Because you know what? Even though they were just 22, 23 years old, the way that they took the shots, they looked much more older, much more mature. And the students 
who the college was trying to connect with, these high school students, actually thought that those were pictures of the professors. In other words, they used the wrong images and made it way more complicated than it needed to be. And the information that was presented in the, in the, the guidebook that was uh, being put out by the admissions department, um, it started off with pictures and big ideas, and then at the very end, it got down to the details of what a student needed to do next. What you would say is it was in a very traditional book form. You had a beginning, you had some middle, and then you had the end. And what this generation did, and I think it's so interesting on this whole topic of less is more, they reduced the image or the uh, the they reduced the the total size of the book by about half, and they flipped it around completely. They put the short direct bullet points that originally were placed at the end. They would have placed them at the front. And then gotten into more detail on all the pictures later on. Why is that? Well, if you think about it, Coach, this generation has grown up on things like Google search. And what do you do when you Google search? You put in one word on a nice, clean, blank screen with just the input box and the Google logo. And then you type your word or your phrase or whatever you're looking for. And what does it do? It gives you results. It sort of gives you that next level. Here are things that you might want to look into. And then you scroll down the list like we all do, and you pick the result that looks interesting, and that's when you dive in and get the additional information. They wanted the same thing happening. Give me the things that I want to see first. And if I want to get deeper into the topic, which is maybe um, some of their academic plans and the pictures of their students and that type of thing, then I'll do that. But I want to know what I'm looking at first. I want to know the main core points first. Again, less is more. Keep it simple and to the point. Uh, and, and when writing a message, the other thing that this generation says that they want is when you're writing us, be direct. Uh, don't, don't make us work for things. Help us to find what we need to know right away and present it, and, and then we'll read it. So here's the example that I'll give from that. So many coaches, unfortunately, a lot of them still use this. If you're listening to this and, I, and I'm describing what you uh, do in your messaging, please change it. <laughs> and what I'm saying or what I'm going to talk about is the phrase that is commonly used at the end of emails, letters, uh, any type of more formal communication with a, with a prospect. The term gets used, feel free to call me, here's my office number, or even here's my cell number, but feel free to call me with any questions or any, uh, any concerns about anything. Now, again, I'm going back to my generation. We would have said that's courteous. That's something that shows professionalism. They're open. And you know what? I know what to do with it. Why? Because I've grown up using the phone. I, it was Look, for me as a 17, 18, 20-year-old kid in late in high school, early in college, we used the phone all the time. Heck, in the dorm that I stayed in, there was a payphone on every floor, and there was usually a line of people waiting to use the payphone to call home, call a friend, uh, call out for a pizza or, or whatever it was, but we were used to talking on the phone. So when somebody said, feel free to call me, that was an invitation to call them, and you know what? We did it. Coach, you're, you're recruiting a completely different generation of kid, and when you say, feel free to call me, not only does it not get a response, it actually paralyzes recruits with fear. And I'm not exaggerating. They don't know what to do with that. 
if I'm going to call that coach, what am I supposed to say? What if I say something stupid? What if they really don't want me to call? They were just being nice and I call and they don't really want to talk to me. And you shut them down because it paralyzes them with with what they're trying to figure out they should do. Now, again, you as the coach, I'm not blaming you for anything. You're trying to be courteous. You're being professional. You were doing it the way you were taught in high school or college. But with this generation, it paralyzes them. And that's important to know because it's one of the things that kind of goes into this whole idea of less is more. And I want you to change it. So my advice uh, is is going to be really executing some different mechanics when you uh, when you're talking, um, and, and and really trying to find out um, the the way that you communicate, the way that you choose to lay out who you are as a program, who you are as a coach, why they should be interested in your team. I'm going to make the 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 case and give you some advice as to why it should be done differently. And I'm going to try to use a couple of different common formats that you're using right now in the way that you communicate with athletes. And a lot of this is based from our research. And I was like sharing things that are working for the coaches that we work with, because I think there's a little bit then of, of proof that you should at least try it. Because again, if it weren't working for the coaches that we work with, we would, we would definitely not be using it. And we would uh, try to share that uh, the, that those findings with you um, as a, as a coach that listens to this podcast. So here's here's a couple of different ways that I see this working. First of all, let's take social media because that's something that I think coaches are still trying to figure out. How do we maneuver through social media? What's the best way to use it, and what actually gets a response? And uh, I think this is going to be something the the whole less is more theme. I think it really is going to play out well if you try it with social media because I know it has uh, for us. So again, what what do coaches a lot of the times try to do with social media? They think of it as a news feed. They think of it as a way to promote and forward news. Um, your latest your latest game, uh, the athlete that won uh, player of the week in the conference, an award or a, an honor that the school won. Uh, and you're looking at it as a news feed. And what we find is that kids that see that don't often stop and take in all that complicated information because, you know, what? we're on social media to have fun, to build relationships, and to really sort of continually discover who people are really uh, like, what they're all about. And when you forward news, it, it sometimes doesn't match what they're looking for. So what I would want you to do instead is focus on the simple, again, the whole less is more theory that we've seen work. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, for instance, simple pictures, direct pictures, short videos that explain two big things that kids say they want out of social media, which we've talked before on this podcast, but, uh, but I think it's relevant because it does fit in very well to the less is more theory. And that is this. They want very uh, simple direct pictures about who you are as a person, coach, and what is it like to play on your team there at that college. Those are the two things they're looking for on social media. Nothing more. They really want it simple and direct. Not It's not overly complicated. Um, you could literally walk around campus a couple of times a day. All the places and all the things that you take for granted that a, that a new recruit 
is it's brand new to them and they're trying to really figure out what is it like there. Well, you know what? If it's a beautiful day on campus, take pictures as you walk back and forth between buildings. Um, all the things that, that you would want them to see or get a glimpse of when they're there on a campus visit, try to highlight that on social media because that's what they want. And they say that that's, those simple things are much better for them than the complicated, uh, in-depth news articles. Now, I'm not saying that that's, you only have to be simple. Uh, you can never forward a news article or an honor that you won because you're, you're also talking in social media to different audiences. That's not only recruits. So I get that. But from a recruiting message standpoint, just make sure that you are including uh, regularly, consistently, simple things that, again, answer those two questions who are you as a coach and as a person, number one? And number two, what's it like to play or compete and be in that program on that campus at that school? So that would be my advice on social media of how to implement the less is more theory. Let's take text messaging as the second thing. Um, first of all, text messaging uh, is by and by design and really at its core, simple and direct messaging. We don't We don't execute and and put in a lot of fluff in our text messages, at least as I'm contacting coaches and we have regular conversations with our clients or uh, at a school we're preparing uh, to uh, conduct a workshop at, we, there's not a lot of fluff. It's it's very direct. I bet if you scrolled through your text messages that you send back and forth with your friends, your fellow coaches, even recruits, um, it gets to be very direct. They want to keep it direct anyway. Your recruits do. So the first thing that I would do as a as a a prime theory of how to execute text messaging uh, correctly and successfully is absolutely no selling at all in text messages. No selling of your program, no selling of the school, nothing that could even be remotely perceived as promotional because when you do that, it breaks all the rules. You, you do not want to take what you would normally send in a letter or an email and take that text and send it or take that the literal text of those words and send it in a text message. It doesn't work. It doesn't sound real. It doesn't sound personal. And it breaks the rules and breaks the format of what we feel should be used correctly in text messaging. Um, you know, the other thing is when... Um, when you're when you're communicating by by text, keep it shorter, um, shorter and more direct. Again, the whole less is more theory, certainly. But the, the, I think the the tendency with coaches is to feel like they need to drive the conversation and include a lot more information. And actually, the opposite is true. If you're trying to get a response, it's not more information gets more response. It is actually less information gets more response. Less words in the text promotes curiosity and invites conversation. So just keep that in mind that along with no selling, make sure that the text is shorter. Um, you want to uh, you want to just make it simple, to the point, get to the point early on and then build on and elaborate on it from there. Um, and, and again, uh, the, the rule that, that every time you should follow is with text messaging, don't sell. Please do not sell at all. Uh, when you're text messaging. Last thing I'll talk about on this podcast today is emails. And and I've been saying for quite a while, certainly the last couple of years, that I think emails are probably the least understood 
uh, and potentially highest impact aspect of your communication. Um, we do studies uh, year to year, and what we have found is that your kids, the recruits that you're talking to, if we give them the choice of the primary way they want coaches to communicate with them, it's by email. And we've talked about that before, again, on the podcast. Um, it's been the topic of some convention talks that I've done. So you may have heard that um, me talk about that at your convention that you maybe went to. The, the reason is this, that emails show up on their phones like a text message. But unlike a text message and unlike things that uh, that a recruit might hear from a coach on, emails get to be done on their time, and they get to keep it sort of in a separate area away from the rest of their life. Um, A lot of kids, about 50%, really have opposition to coaches communicating with them directly via social media because in their their, their words, that's my world. I don't want you stepping into my world. That's private. Emails are the nice go-between. They're not quite text messages, and yes, they can get, but yet they can get them on their phone and answer them on their phone. But when I'm as, as emails come in, I can always sort of file them away and get to them later. And because I may, as a as an athlete, not check my emails every day, um, I can go and check it when I want. There's there's a little bit more freedom to it, as they've described it. So, emails I think uh, are a, are a terrific tool. Um, it is a, uh, a mistake to think that um, that they don't work. The other mistake that I see related to emails, uh, getting straight now to the advice of how to implement this less is more theory to emails that you might send out, is a lot of coaches have taken the things that they, they write in letters and then send them in emails. And again, this breaks the rule. Just like we don't want um, what you would email going out in a text message, I don't want what you would write in a letter going out by email because emails are going to be read on their phone, and when they read them on their phone, what are they likely comparing them to for authenticity? That's right, text messages. So when you email, it better sound a little bit like a text message, but the thing that I love about emails that kids have given you the permission to do with emails is sell to them. They're okay with a message coming across in an email saying, hey, here's things about our school you're going to like or that you need to know or here's something to click on. They get that and they'll do it. Uh, and it's it's probably the only format that in their world as student athletes, they're allowing you in mass to use as a sales tool. Um, so it's this great hybrid between a more formal letter and a text message. Uh, and that's why when they're done right, emails are probably the most effective way to um, to go through that uh, that that process of uh, of contacting uh, the other thing that I'll say is when you when you um, create your email keep in mind again that you want to almost make it a hybrid between a text message in other words very informal language very conversational mixed with what you would put in a letter. Um, so that's the right mix that you want to try to achieve is a little bit of conversational with a lot of you know stuff that they need to know. Because one of the things that we know, Coach, is that they're looking to fall in love with the school, yes, but they also have to justify that choice that they make ultimately uh, intelligently or in their minds with their head. And so what I want to do is have you create emails that strike that balance. Because when you do, and some of you know this because you've learned how to do it or you've seen us do it for you, 
and you, you, you're amazed that kids actually do answer their emails. They answer them if they're written correctly, if they're written incorrectly, presented in the wrong way that doesn't match what they want in this generation. Uh, away from the less is more theory, they don't respond. Um, but written correctly, they do respond. And if you want proof of that, you can go to my Twitter account, at Dan Tudor on Twitter, and just scroll through because several times a week I'll try to put um, – uh, messages from coaches that we work with without letting anybody else know who they are, um, getting back to me or, or talking about the results they get with emails. Once they've made these small changes, these little strategic changes in the way that they create their emails, they get back to me with results. And we do. I love doing screenshots of the results that they're getting by doing it correctly because it's exciting. It's exciting when a coach can actually communicate effectively once they're doing it right. But it is very much like cracking this code. This this generation has a much different way of communicating than, than many of us did growing up. We as coaches have to adjust. We have to make the switch to communicating the way they want to because when we do that, they open up, they communicate, they'll ask questions, they'll give you really good information, but if we don't present it the right way, it, they completely shut down, and then eventually they move on and you're no longer a serious consideration. So that's what I wanted to get into today. The challenge that I will, that I will put out to you that maybe you discuss with your staff after listening to this is a simple one. How do we make the less is more theory real in the way that we communicate with our prospects. And every college coach that's listening to this is going to have a different answer to that question. I'm just going to encourage you, the shorter your messages, the more direct your language, uh, the more uh, guidance that you give, the simpler the concepts, all those things that fall into the less is more category, all those things will lead to better, more productive recruiting. And that's what I wanted to share to you with you today. And I wanted to do it uh, about 15 minutes shorter than our typical podcast episode length because less is more, right? So that's it for today. If you have questions, I'm happy to answer any questions that you have. My email is dan at dantutor.com. I already mentioned the Twitter address, at Dan Tudor, so you can look at that. We post a lot of articles, news, uh, recruiting tips, and links that uh, coaches say help them through the uh, the week in their recruiting efforts, so you might want to check that out. Definitely subscribe to the podcast, too. We have a lot of great shows coming up, and we have a, a really um, good library of, of past content that you can access as well. And the website, if you have anything that you need from us or you want our a library of free resources based on topic, you can access that. And look at that at uh, dantutor.com. So we're here to serve, Coach, and I hope that this time of the year is proving to be a successful one for you. Again, less is more. Uh, learn it, live it, and love it. It works, and we are really excited to share it with you. So try that concept this week. We will be back with more in the next episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. Until then, Coach, have a great week out there, and thank you so much for listening.